How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. Today's guest is Steve Woodrow, and if you've been listening to my podcast over the years, you may recognize his name. Steve was on a previous episode where he talked about his book called Clarity Wins, and Steve is back with us today to talk about his new book called The Point, How to Win with Clarity-Fueled Communications. Steve, welcome to the Jam Session. Rob, it's great to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great having you back, and it's great to have you on the the show again and and to kick off the new year. Hope you had a a good and happy and safe new year. It's been amazing. I got a book released. I got a rebranding done. I had a grandchild born. Said I'm going to have another grandchild born soon. So this is uh, this has been a lot of fun. I've been itching for that upgrade to my title to for a long time to be grandpa. Congratulations and congratulations on your new book as well. The last time we had you on the jam session, we talked about Clarity Wins, which mm-hmm. was your previous book. And now you have a new book, The Point. Correct. And would love to dive into that. And maybe you can share what the new book is about. And is it a continuation of the previous book? It's an expansion of the previous book. So Clarity Wins, the focus of Clarity Wins was how do you have a compact, compelling message, particularly for networking and referrals and business development. So it's very much a sort of an outgoing message type of a thing for brands and individuals that are, that are trying to expand their network. But embedded in those principles is something much deeper, which is what about clear communications in general? And when I released Clarity Wins in 2018, I still had a whole bunch of other stuff that wasn't ready for the book about internal communications and project management, collaboration skills, all this other stuff that was part of Clarity, but I hadn't really systematized it yet. So I knew that a second book was coming. And over the during the pandemic, I finally nailed down the formula that I was looking for, one universal formula for clear communications that anybody can apply to any type of communication. And that's what's contained in the point is that formula that is extremely practical. It's, it's based on living, breathing experience, doing sales and marketing and consulting and writing and everything I've done for 40 years. This is a, a book that could serve as a framework right throughout the organization, regardless of the department you're in. That's the goal uh, of the book. One of the things I noticed, and I'm sure you know this, Rob, too, is you see in companies that people have these islands of systems, you know, a sales system or a marketing communication system. But to my knowledge, nobody's really attempted to put forward a practical, simple framework for an entire organization where everybody can become clear using the same tools, using the same terminology. And so one of my goals with this book, and it's pretty audacious, I mean, this is a big goal to say, hey, an entire organization of 50,000 people can use this book, but it's even more audacious than this. An entire population of 8 billion humans can use this book because we all have to communicate. We all face the same challenges in communication. We face the same audience, which is the human brain. And there are certain ways that words work that are completely universal. So this book is really for anybody that wants to communicate well. 
You know, you, you actually start the book out by talking about some of the communication challenges. And let's be honest, most people, whenever they learn something, they learn best by also understanding what the challenges are. Uh, I'm sure that was strategic in starting the book off that way, but maybe you can share what some of the challenges are that you identified. So I boil it down to two big ahas that start formula to start the book. Number one, we all have the same competition. The competition is the noise. There's so much distraction, so much noise, so much stimulation out there that really our biggest competitor isn't some company in our space or some other brand. It's everything that pulls attention away from us. That's our competition. No matter who you are, what industry you're in, we're all competing with the noise. But the other aha is not only do we have common competition, we also have one common customer. And that's the human brain. The way communication works is I've got to get what's in my head into your head. And the human brain has an operating system. It likes information the way it likes it. And if we can learn the rules of how to be brain friendly in our communication, no matter who we are, or what role we have, we can win. So you start with those two ahas that we have this massive competition and we all have the brain that we're talking to. And all of a sudden you can say, oh, okay, then all I got to know is the rules. What are the rules? How does this work? And that's what the rest of the book explains. The four rules and the eight tools for being a great brain-friendly communicator. So what are the four rules? The four rules are real simple. I, 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 used, I just used stuff that we talk about all the time. First rule is you have to have a point. You've actually got to have some kind of focus, some purpose, some thing that you're trying to communicate. Second, you have to get to the point. You have to very quickly show the person you're talking to what it is we're doing and why it's relevant to them. And you only have moments to get to the point or attention will be lost. So you have to earn attention. The third rule is you have to get the point across, which means not only do I have to earn your attention, but I've got to get to shared meaning and memory. I've got to turn the light on in the brains of my audience so that they get it and hold it. And then the fourth rule is I'm looking for us to get on the same page. We're mm -hmm. trying to reach alignment and agreement and shared action. And if you look at those four rules, anything from email to a, a podcast, to a book, to a meeting, to a presentation, it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. You have to have a point, get to the point, get the point across and get everybody on the same page. That does not require PhD in rocket science. That requires just careful thinking, planning, and use of words in a skillful way. Love the four rules, could not agree anymore. and. But it, it, what I also love is how you do talk about the brain. I'm glad you brought this up because we are wired differently. And, and in a large part, sometimes we just can't get out of our own way. There are individuals who are very process-driven, very analytical in the way they think through things. It's really a strength of theirs. But some of the challenge with that is when they communicate it, they tend to be very wordy. And it gets to the get to the point piece. And I know that a lot of people struggle with that. They have a lot of information and, and how do they get to the point, particularly those that, that just process a lot of information and it's the way they communicate. Any well, you've, you've identified the biggest challenge. So I tell people, look, the biggest challenge is TMI, too much information. 
yeah. is trying to either be too thorough or it's presenting it in a kind of an unstructured, convoluted way where you're saying so many different things in so many ways that you can't process it. So TMI in corporate, not only in corporate, but especially in corporate and in business is a massive problem. We assume that people want to and need to get all of it. No, our job is to distill it and get it into a format that someone can grasp quickly or the brain will shut down. The brain does not need any more information. It's already processing 11 million bits of information per second. And mm -hmm. if I'm giving you more work to do, I'm not helping you. Mm -hmm. That gets back to the, how do you cut through all the organizational noise? Right? How mm -hmm. do you cut through everything? Simple messages win. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Less is more, simple wins. Abraham Lincoln, he did the Gettysburg Address in two minutes. The famous orator that nobody's ever heard of, Edward Everett, preceded him with a two-hour voluminous speech that nobody cares about anymore. I did read a quote in your book, too, and I thought it was, I thought it was really very telling. And let's see if I could find it real quick. But I think it was by Meg Rossoff. The average attention span of a modern human brain is about half as long as whatever you're trying to tell them. I thought that was hilarious. And it's, and it's so true. I mean, it's very funny. Yeah. We think somehow that we're exempt, that people are going to be really, really interested in what we have to say. No, people are full of all their own stuff. I'm an afterthought. And so I better plant that idea fast and in a compelling way, or I'm just going to be lost in the background noise. So how do you simplify it? Is there any techniques that, that you talk about to try to get that simplified and get it shorter? So one of the things I, I, and I charted out in the form of a pyramid in the book, and I call it stratification. So if you think of a pyramid with three different levels, the base of the pyramid is everything, all the stuff, all the details, all the charts, all the data, all the information. You don't want to dump that on people. What you want to do is you want to take that and extract out at the top of the pyramid, the most important, compelling the most relevant thing. You can't say 40 things, say one thing. That will secure attention and engagement. And that buys you the right to get to the second level, which is to give some kind of summary, some kind of bullet points, a little bit of background, a little bit of context. That buys you the right to then go into some level of detail, depending on what people need. Mm -hmm. So it's structure, it's stratifying. And I call this communication design. We need to practice communication design, which means we package the information in a way that works so people can digest it. Start small, then move to the larger. That's great. I appreciate you sharing that. And, and there was something else I, I picked up in your book, and I think this was new. I don't think this was in your previous book. You talked about the, the importance of using a summary. That is new, right? I noticed you did add a lot of new different concepts in right. here. So one of the things I did in the book was I call, I said, there are four rules and eight tools. The eight tools are ways to simplify the message and turn the light on. So it's one thing to make a sterile statement. A, a human brain can process a sterile statement or a white paper or, you know, something like that. But I started them all with S. And when you make a simple statement, that's one of them. Mm -hmm. a snippet is a little tiny bit of information that we can latch onto. A specific, a number or an exact story or a quote 
Stories is the fourth one. People, well, the human brain loves stories. We can get so much more across in a story than we can by listing out a whole bunch of stuff. The stakes, explain to me what the risk and benefit is. What's at stake here? Because the human brain will not react unless there's something at stake. If it's not important, I'm not listening. So tell me why it's important. That's a great point. Symbolic language, symbols, illustrations, word pictures, analogies. We love those. It helps us to relate a concept to something that's in our heads. The seventh one is side-by-sides, which if we take, this is a lot like this, this is like this. Compare and contrast. We love that. It works in our heads. We do it with kids all the time. Mm -hmm. And then the last of the eight simplifiers is summaries. We need to take what we're saying and put it into a compact summary that people can walk away with. We can't remember a 67-page document. Right. We can remember four brief bullet points that summarize it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times what's missing is the summary, right? To help just reinforce and, and wrap it up. As long as it's not too long-winded either. Yeah, that's true. And it's often missing. It's often missing in uh, an email. It's often missing in a presentation. Yeah. But it's often missing also when leaders are talking to their people to individual coaching or in meetings. You've got to summarize in writing. And that's the crucial thing. Don't leave it floating up in the air for it to be misunderstood. Summarize in writing exactly what we covered, why, and what the result was and what the next steps are. That way people can be accountable and they can have expectations aligned. One of the biggest problems I've encountered in talking with my clients is people fail to do that very last thing, write a good summary so that we all can be on literally on the same page because you made the page. The mm -hmm. summary is the page. You know, it is such a great point, you know, in, in our coaching workshops, we talk about the need when you're coaching to summarize and the need, even after a team meeting, whatever the case may be, is to send out a follow-up summarizing, you know, key points. But to your point, I, I don't think we do that enough, even outside of that, right? Just in no, general. Big model, uh, my, my wife forwarded me yet another example. She works in a school and she got yet another email from somebody at the school, which was this dense set of information paragraphs jumbled up and you couldn't tell what's going on there. And it's like, you're going to force me to work, to interpret, disengage, figure out. That's not the way. A lack of clarity is actually unkindness. Clarity is kindness. And if I'm going to force you to work hard to get understanding, I'm not doing you any favors at all. I'm actually turning you away. Yeah. I haven't heard much about, you know, using symbols as well. So maybe you could just speak to that a little bit more. Using symbolic language is powerful. So when, when even Jobs introduced the iPod and mm. now, you know, 14, 15 generations of iPhone later, but he said thousand songs in your pocket and he used that imagery, create this visual imagery in our minds. Yeah. Well. If you could have talked about X gigabytes of memory, you could have talked about MP3 files, blah, blah, no. He talked in language that was human, emotional, thousand songs in your pocket. Or, you know, this, this computer monitor here is the Mercedes of monitors. I'm just, I'm saying so much in one word, you know, high quality, expensive, top of the line. 
we do it all the time, but we need to do it more because that's how we turn the light on quickly is by appealing to something that's a memory hook you already have in your mind. And now I'm just attaching my idea to it. It's way easier to do that than to introduce a completely new concept in the abstract. So it's a way of just helping you to visualize it and yeah. helping you to, to stick. You want to create pictures in people's heads. This is yeah. the thing. It's not just throwing words out there. You want to create pictures. And so when somebody years ago called me the king of clarity as a nickname, just casually threw it out there. And I said, man, that's a powerful brand. And I've, I've adopted it and I've used it. And now that's what I'm known as. I'm known all over the world as the king of clarity. Well, it's compelling. It creates a picture. It's like top, the ruler, the what? You know, I may not be the clearest person in the world, in fact, but, you know, someone gave me the title and I ran with it. And anytime you can attach something vivid to your concept and your idea, it makes it so much easier to get it across and turn the light on. You know, and anytime I, I get an email from you or hear your name, I do think of King of Clarity. Yep. That's what yep. comes to my mind. That's the goal. That's how branding is. And even in talking to you, and I'm saying turning the light on, I'm yeah. using symbolic language about getting stuff embedded and stored in memory. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not literally turning the bulb on in your head, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so we can use these types of phrases over and over in all kinds of situations to help people grasp. We should never assume that people grasp what we mean especially if it's a bare or technical state. Always illustrate. Yeah, it's a great point. Just to shift gears here for a moment, we talked a little bit about leaders. You actually have a chapter dedicated in your book on leadership. Mm -hmm. So what do you talk about in this chapter? So for leaders, there's, there's a couple of things that are really important. One is to have very clear, tangible focus that you can share. Purpose, mission, you know, whatever it is, so many of our purpose statements or mission statements are just a bunch of generic, forgettable jargon. If someone cannot repeat the purpose of the organization or the team or the department in a way that's tangible, we've lost an opportunity. We want to embed that. At the highest level of leadership, we've got to establish and put into play over and over again, what is our purpose? What's our destination? What's our goal? Where are we going? And many leaders think they can just throw that out once and everybody, of course, knows it. No, 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 not true. The second thing for leaders is to be extremely clear and specific on expectations. So yeah. instead of leaving people with generalities about their job and generalities about how they're to do their work, Give extremely clear and specific and tangible things. This is what I'm looking for. This is that. In fact, I encourage people to take a job description, which often has like 40, 43 different things in it. So you don't even really know what's most important. And you say, here are your top three things. And here's the percentage of time I expect you to spend on those things. Yeah. Okay. Now I know. I know it's important. Instead of three weeks later, Finding out I've been doing something that doesn't matter, but it was, it was on the list. It's just nobody prioritized it. One. You know, it's amazing how many new leaders and even tenured leaders fall into this trap too, but more how many new leaders don't want to provide those expectations because they're fearful that they're just going to come across as like a micromanager. And yet we know 
that, and it's the reason why, you know, when you look at the 12 uh, engagement questions from Gallup, one of the most important questions that employees have and rate is, do I know what is expected of me? Employees do want to know what is the expectation. And yet we well, shy away from it. You, you go right back to this, in, this famous quote by Stephen Covey, which applies to so many things. Begin with the end in mind. Paint me the end picture. Paint me what, what do you want me to be doing? What do you want as a result? And that's my responsibility. If I'm leading, I'm to tell you where. I'm to say, here's what I want. And everybody's going to be happier. You know, Micromanaging is then standing over somebody and, right. and blah, 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 blah. Well, so this isn't micromanaging. This is just being a good leader. Yeah. Clear communication, providing the clarity. Yeah. What's amazing is a lot of times, and I do see this, there is confusion where a lot of the, the why isn't explained. And a lot of times, some of the most important pieces are missing. And this comes down to so many different things. So I've had, I've done a number of podcasts, as you know, and I've had a couple of podcast hosts be very specific about exactly what they want for a microphone mm -hmm. and it'd be very specific why they want that. And so I have actually changed my equipment a couple times because someone said, here are the expectations and here's why, and here's a recommendation on what to do. I'm actually wearing this set right here because it was specifically recommended by somebody as being, you know, suitable for a podcast as opposed to something that might leave a lot of echoes going on or, or whatever. So it's across the board, whether it's, whether I'm, a, I'm your manager or, or whatever, we want to lead people in specifics. So as we kick off the new year, and, and there's a lot of managers that are kicking off the year with their teams, especially some that, that do team meetings, but just in general, what advice would you give managers as they kick off the year? So. What I've been doing with my clients is I start with teams. So teams often have development times. They have a development day or two or a retreat or whatever. And learning about clear communications is a perfect thing for those kind of development days because it can get everybody on the same page of what they're doing and how to do it. And, and it's something that is immediately actionable every day. I mean, I tell people right off, I'm after your next email. If, if your next email is better because of how I expressed, you know, the, the right way to do email, we're winning. Uh, I like to see teams begin to standardize around good communication, and then that will simply grow in an organization to where other teams, and then hopefully at some point, entire organizations will embrace this framework or some other framework that will enable everyone to have a common language okay. and common understanding of what good communication is. Because there was one study done in 2022, which estimated that in large companies, they're losing almost a day a week. Each, every employee, like 7.3 hours a day, lost to bad communication. Yeah. Talk about low-hanging fruit. That is something that's, it's not acceptable. I mean, how many companies would do well if they told everybody, oh, you don't have to work on Tuesday. It's so true. And I'm sure there's many out there listening right now that, that could you know, reflect back and, and think of how much time they've lost revisiting things, revisiting topics, trying to get answers to things just to clarify, re-clarify. It is losing out on a lot of time. Well, you, Rob, where a lot of this collaboration stuff came in. And you know this because, you know, I worked with you in one of your prior jobs on project management skills. 
Yeah. And you were training some of the people you work with on project management. And it turns out a lot of the lost time ends up in communication between stakeholders and vendors. And if that is not crystal clear, an aligned purpose, an aligned set of summaries, an aligned timeline and all that, that's where projects go off the rails and I, it could be extremely costly. And I saw, having been on the vendor side for many years, and I, I still see projects that hundreds of thousands of dollars lost to bad communication. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is worth training people in communication skills. Yeah, I completely agree. And one more question for you. You mentioned this earlier, and I think this is important for leaders to understand this because I fell into the trap myself. When I became a, um, a second line leader and just thinking, if I just stand in front of my teams, say things once, they're going to know this. I was sadly mistaken. How often do you think leaders have to repeat their, their vision, their mission in order for it to stick? I'm just curious. Five times more than you think. Yeah. We assume, we make these false assumptions. We assume that people are listening. Yeah. We assume that they're understanding it. We assume that they're applying it. We assume that they remember it. All those assumptions are wrong. And it's not because people are stupid. It's because we're distracted. We hear selectively. We interpret things incorrectly. We forget. That's just human nature. And so I tell people, look, if it can be misunderstood, assume that it will be. Yeah. Therefore, define your terms, illustrate, tell a story, do a side by side, do anything you can to nail it in and always assume that people are fully capable of misunderstanding it. Right. I mean, it goes back to what you said too, the competition piece, trying to break through all the, the noise that's out there. The people are looking at screen seven hours a day. So yeah. I'm, I'm competing with seven hours of screen time a day on average for the average American. And screens are much more interesting than Steve Woodruff. You know, you can get uh, Netflix and you can get all kinds of stuff. And so we have to be really compelling to compete with all of the noise out there. Well, Steve, I appreciate you coming on. Love the book, The Point. I highly recommend it. I love the structure of the book too, as well. And in true nature, it definitely provides clarity. We will have a link to your book in the show notes, along with your contact information. So if there's anybody out there that wants to reach out to Steve, I highly recommend reaching out to Steve as well. Well, thanks so much for having me, Rob. It's it's always a pleasure. That book is a It's really a fruit of over 40 years of thinking, doing, trying, writing, you know, blogging. And, and I think it's, it's one of the most valuable things I've ever come up with. There's not a single thing in there that's strange or weird academic. It's all common sense, but it's just wrapped in a formula and a framework. And I think that's the most valuable part of the book is finally something that anybody can apply. Once again, I appreciate you coming on and I wish you all the best with your new book. Thank you so much, Rob. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast. Podcast.